0: My first memories—I immediately remember having like nightmares of hell, uh, where I would appear like on Judgment Day, and God would be. <laughs> this is so. This is so morbid. I just realized this. God in my nightmare would be um, the lamb. Do you remember that TV show that was the little lamb, the little uh, puppet lamb? No. I, what was that show? It was. Um, but so that was the TV show I was watching at the time. It was right. very young. It's This little baby lamb but that was was like pop like a hand puppet or like a a hand puppet lamb okay um but that was jesus and then god was this thing that i couldn't really see this bright light right and they would it was just me me in the dream i would be before god on judgment day in front of everybody as as like a kid yeah and i would just get sent into the dark the big dark void that was left of him like getting shot into it and i would just like wake up yeah i would dude i was like I was like five. Right. And then I remember like one of my next memories is like, then I started to figure out that at a certain age, you know, this is what you're taught in the church of Christ. You know, right from wrong at a certain age, usually around 12 for whatever reason, 10 to 12. Yeah. And that's when you have to get baptized. Cause once you know right from wrong and you're not baptized and you die, then you go to hell. So I remember as a kid, like being like six, and this was, we had moved to big spring Texas at this point. I remember, realizing that if I died I would just go to heaven and that was like the goal. So I I don't tell a lot of people this but I legitimately like took a like a piece of my toy and put it in my mouth and I was like I should just try to swallow this and choke on it so I'll die and go to heaven.
1: Hey everybody welcome the tribe. i'm tom goss uh host of the
2: show uh today we have ben avery on um brother of the very first guest that was ever on Chase avery and uh once again talking about church of christ and leaving that religion um really good episode thank you to ben for doing the show uh, make sure to follow them on all social me- on all social medias. Uh, will be down in the show notes as well as leaving tri- leaving the tribe on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and myself. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, if you're on iTunes, it helps the show. Uh, helps us bump along. Um, that's most most of the intro. I'm trying to. Oh, October twenty sixth. Please come out. It's a Halloween. Uh it is uh the last live show of my other podcast, Mean Boys. And uh we got a lot of big dumb stuff planned. Um for more info on that, contact me on social media because it's at kind of a private location. It's open to any podcast listeners, of course, but I don't want to share it on uh on on iTunes. Just hit hit me up. Um and uh, the last thing, of course, is check out Ben's Ben's podcast. Uh, him, Jace, like I said, first episode of the show, and then Kevin T. Kevin Tinken, who I believe is the third episode of the show. All three of them have been guests on this show. Have a podcast together, and uh, I'll warn you now: they do they do offensive comedy. It's it's a funny show, but it's it's uh, if you if you're a former Mean Boys listener, I'd say they. are <laughs> They go harder than we do, so just be warned, they're funny, and half the time they're just making jokes, and the second half they end up by just talking about how <laughs> shitty they feel for making the jokes they just did, and I think it's a, it's a great show that you should absolutely check out. Um, besides that, please enjoy this episode with Ben Avery. Yeah, I've wanted to. I want. I've actually. I wanted to uh, have you on for a while, but I didn't think you would want to do the show. Why? <laughs> because you're like you're a very uh, you're a bit first guy, and this isn't really like like there are funny moments on every episode, but it's not like a comedy podcast. Mm-hmm. And I actually I respect people who are that way i was that way for a long time I, i've listened to your show me and you kind of had the same experience of you do a bit for several years and then you realize just everyone thinks you're retarded. yeah <laughs> me and you had the exact right. same thing and i think we were <laughs> right. going through it at the exact same time yeah,
0: someone just maybe made a parody account of me actually on twitter dude some fan it's like alex jones in a pepe the frog <laughs> costume and they ju- they're just trying they're just gonna get banned off of twitter because they're just tweeting about like chinese people and just like they just tweet i'm retarded Retarded, i'm gay <laughs> but it's like Just yeah that's no the that's, the, that's the damn character yeah no is, i have uh, yeah <laughs> i've had to like stop comics before where i'm like well you know i don't i don't actually have yeah, down some, syndrome right
2: someone made someone made that as well and they took such a flattering <laughs> photo of me
0: that's hilarious <laughs> This is great. Yeah, it's a, it's
2: the same thing uh, where yeah, people people, <laughs> but that also means that people enjoy your podcast. Yeah,
0: they have your voice down. Well, no, those are actual quotes of me. It's just oh, I don't okay. want it. Yeah. To say, I was like, you would totally say this. You would totally say this. Yeah, yeah, top guy's quote. But yeah, no, it's it's weird when that happens too, because yeah. I'm sure. Like, I, yeah, they're doing a character of me on Twitter too, and it's like just direct quotes from you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like that's that's part of that's part of the, you know, that's part of the
2: struggle is I think like, I don't know if this relates to it all, but like you it took me until we went on the road for me for Mean Boys Mm -hmm. to realize that anyone really listened to the show.
0: Yeah, you when you record a podcast, you forget that people actually listen to it. Yeah. And And then and you forget that they're not like all monsters. Yeah, because like even the show I do with Tim, I'm really just like third mic. Right. And I just sit there. I'm like the producer, really. Yeah. But we just went to New York for a week and... People were coming up to us. Like people stopped us in the street. They showed us that they were listening to the podcast. Yeah. At the shows, people were like, "Oh, this is my girlfriend." Like, right. They, right. They were wearing nice clothes, and yeah, that one was a fifty-five-year-old black guy. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of people that were women that listened to the show. Right. So it's like normal people. But if you go to the YouTube comments, it's of the show. It all looks like to, incels, dude. They want to kill me. Yeah. They fucking hate me. Yeah. They're trying to figure out where I live. It's she right. like, Qanon conspiracy theorists, It's yeah. people that think you know Hillary Clinton is going to end up in Guantanamo Bay if we just get Tim's show big enough, like
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing you realize is how much people just project whatever it is. Yeah, they'll hear a thing and then they it's literally that Bill Burr bit yeah. where you go, I just say a thing and then you process it with your fucking childhood yeah. and just assign whatever <laughs> meaning you think there is. Yeah, it's that with pot. You see that mm-hmm. all the time. Some of the takes I've seen. Uh, on mean boys i'm like how the fuck did you get there <laughs> literally how the fuck right there's no there's no traction at all and it's they also hear it through their filter you know yeah and it's also a thing where like you you also look at some of the comments for i'm sure like tim's show and you're yeah. like i also wonder how many of those people are doing bits if they're trying to be funny and they don't know that's a lot of it.
0: Yeah. It's it's, it's like uh, how kids will seek attention in a negative way, to exactly. get attention from their parents. It's the same yeah. shit where they just like set the oven on fire and they're just so their mom will look at fucking look at them.
2: Yeah, you know? no, there was a there was a dude there was a dude who did exactly that in an early era and this is before we had really anyone tweeting at us and he just every once in a while he just t- tweet rape threats at me. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> he just said, he I'm going to rape you. Yeah, he I mean he was <laughs> he was uh, he used more words that were more graphic than what i'm saying but that was like super common and we're like what What the fu- where the fuck is this coming from and the reality is is like that ah, they just want to be part of the show
0: <laughs> <laughs> in some way we gave them healthier outlets to do that right but, you, you know like it's the, the brain joe people it's been interesting because we started this two months ago and now we're getting messages pretty frequently and which is awesome yeah it's cool um, it seems most of the people that listen to it, they uh, they just want to kill themselves. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah so, That's but, the
2: mean boys demographic as well.
0: <laughs> they're just like, you know, I hate my life and uh, the modern condition sucks yeah. and my job sucks. But what are you gonna do? And you guys make me laugh really hard. And yeah, people look at me strange when I'm listening to the podcast because right. I'm laughing. But yeah, like, it's my you know, it's 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 um. I was telling you off mic. I was like, it's weird because there's so many. They weren't a podcast boom, so you you think you wouldn't get a signal putting a podcast out. But uh, it seems that um, you know if it's actually funny or if it's actually good, people people and people will give your podcast a shot. Yeah, then they'll keep listening to it. Yeah,
2: some of them will, some of them won't. But they people it's it's not for everyone. Right? Yeah, but people people thought that five years ago, like when when we were like. I, I remember that being a discussion in the early days of I me mean, and that's before I was on the show full time but like like does any could you even have a successful new podcast yeah because that was kind of the mentality at least in LA people say
0: like oh you should have started this four years ago exactly if you to be successful. and yeah. people
2: are going to say that four years from now and four years after that until yeah. there, there's a better medium but yeah. like that's
0: always if, if
2: that's yeah, your if reason there was a for better not medium, doing it. I might be
0: doing it, but I might yeah. as well be podcasting right now.
2: No, I think it's absolutely podcasting right yeah. now, and I enjoy doing
0: them. You know, uh, this is this is way. I don't know about you. This is way more fun, and this is a way better outlet than stand up ever was for me.
2: See, I love st- stand up. Is always going to be my first love, but I definitely uh, prefer podcasting to doing stand up in Los Angeles.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, maybe that. Well yeah, I started in L.A. So, oh, you did. Yeah, so I don't have an idea of it anywhere else.
2: You didn't start. Did you live in Austin? Austin too, or that that was just Jace. You know, so
0: Jace, Jace, uh I was still in college. Jace okay. went to Austin and did it for like a year there, and then he went to New York and did it for a year. And I remember I called him. I was like, "Hey, I'm going to go to LA to do stand up. You should." Letterman was ending because he was uh-huh. working on Letterman, and so we moved out to LA together. Gotcha. So Jace, Jace got to experience it everywhere. Yeah,
2: I think this is the
0: hardest place to. Start. I think Jace almost moves back the first week because he goes. Uh, he goes. Okay. So what are the good? Because I did an internship out here with uh with a uh, funnier Die. I worked at this uh-huh. company called Funnier Die. It's a uh, Will Farrell's company. It's a website. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And uh, so I came out here for six months while I was in college, but I really just came out here because I wanted to do open mics because I was banned from the only open mic in my hometown. <laughs> Of Abilene, Texas, <laughs> uh, which was a Christian coffee shop. Like, I would go up in between uh, people strumming on a guitar saying, Jesus, Jesus, I love you so much. And I would go up and I'd be like, Goodbye. Uh, my nickname in high school was Babyface because I ripped off a baby's face and wore it as a mask, <laughs> huh, folks? Like, still. So just weird, <laughs> stupid. Everything's a non sequitur. It's like, what the fuck are you? Is this guy talking about
2: absurd? Is violent jokes? Yeah, yeah, absur- yeah, Absurd,
0: violent. This kid yeah. has a real. He needs a friend. He needs a hug. What the right. fuck is going on? Yeah. Um. And the the owner told me I couldn't come back uh, <laughs> after like two months of doing that open mic because he was getting calls and complaints. People. I was walking tables inside the coffee shop. People would stand up and walk out and watch me through the window until I got off stage. They and then would come, they come back. And that's so down.
2: funny. That's so funny
0: I mean I wasn't even swearing either But it's just you, like,
2: That was your clean comedy Yeah My yeah. like clean comedy it Was
0: talk, talking about Ripping babies' faces off
2: And shit uh, Dude I have the same struggle Where like I can do clean But it's It's too upsetting For clean crowds I can go up and not swear But yeah. that won't That won't make a difference It
0: doesn't make, <laughs> it a, doesn't make a difference, difference. <laughs> difference. Exactly. Swearing is the least Of my yeah. problems Yeah No when, when I swear
2: to It's content. gonna be relatable Cause I'm usually <laughs> talking about sex It's when I talk about Dead dogs and hitler where you're gonna i can do those bits clean won't help the situation (laughs) right you know but yeah you so you you uh you were yeah
0: yeah so so i got banned from the only open mic and i loved doing i bombed every night but i loved doing it and i got banned i there was no other open mic anywhere and i'm like four hours from austin i'm right at college so, I end up uh, figuring out a way to get out here for six months and get this internship, which is like college credit. Right. And I took like some film classes for electives or gotcha. whatever. But the whole thing, and I love writing scripts and doing all that shit, but the whole thing, the whole reason why I came out here is because I just wanted to do open mics.
2: Yeah, you needed, you needed more open mics to get
0: banned from. Yeah, I was just dying. <laughs> I was still writing material. Yeah. I, but there was no way I could perform it anywhere. So, that's and i'm not gonna give you my whole like how i got into stand-up spill but i'm telling you this because then i came out here and that's when i met um i that was like 2014 so it's so interesting like i knew mike menendez immediately yeah and like jack Knight and jamar neighbors yeah i love those guys yeah and they probably don't remember me i was bombing horribly and that's right like Quincy, and we would drive around and do mics and shit and i'm trying to think who else but so I knew all the open mics right so okay so two years I have to go back and finish my degree uh-huh. and then when I tell Jace to come back out to LA he's like so what are the good what are the good mics what are what should we do and I'm like okay so the ones I really like doing we're gonna go to Sal's comedy hole first <laughs> And then we're going to go to we'll go to rock paper first and then we'll finish up with Sal's comedy. Right. Uh-huh. So we like go to for, rock paper for,
2: for the listeners because most most of the listeners are not from Los Angeles <laughs> yeah, and yeah. a lot of them are not comedians. He just named the two graveyards of comedy. The two one, worst
0: places what, to do comedy. What was a, a <laughs>
2: coffee shop where a, an angry Arabian man would scowl at you while you screamed at his customers which Which is four people yeah yeah there was there was (laughs) that place shut down right after they ended open mics there because the only people who went there were people who bought items to do the mic yeah and south comedy Hall has such a bad reputation that i never went there you
0: never went (laughs) i never went there so yeah jace almost fucking i took him to rock paper his first like one of his first days in la and he was like oh i'm gonna move back to new york yeah see jace jace knows that it's see you and jace both know how much better it is elsewhere well i was gonna say what are the good mics in la It's such a new york question <laughs> 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 the good mics in la are in new york what are you talking about right. <laughs> and uh, my, my experience with like i've done like a string of shows in like austin and all these other places and uh after the week, I'm convinced that I'm a great stand up.
2: Yeah, that's why you go on the road. Yeah, that's why if you just stay in L.A., your spirit will die and you'll just become a full time podcaster. <laughs> right. You
0: got to go on the road, man. <laughs> it just beats you the fuck down. You're just like, all right, I'd rather just podcast four hours a day yeah. than, than ever do a fucking set in the city.
2: Right. You no, know? it's it's. It's brutal, man. It's really brutal. <laughs> how do you?
0: How are you feeling your days, Tom? What are you doing?
2: I mean, this is the this is the third podcast I've recorded this week. I've been doing a lot of podcasts. I've also been moving. Yeah, you know. So yeah,
0: I like your place. Yeah,
2: nice. I mean, this is you. You get the luxury of uh, not being in the old former crack den. <laughs> you know, like it was
0: never got to experience. It, it.
2: was gnarly. I mean, the live show, the live. The, we're doing the last live Mean Boys there just because the place has a reputation now people are fucking flying out from all over the country which is fucking really yeah yeah part was we like well you guys know we're doing this at our old house that we no longer Jesus. live at but yeah that'll be fun but yeah no this is uh, I mean a lot of a lot of my days have been spending I've, I've been I mean it was moving and then it was you know I've been podcasting a lot this week and then uh, this is the first time in in months I've been able to get on stage every day this week which is fucking That's great. You know um but uh yeah it's been a lot of it's a lot of this stuff uh but yeah your brother by the way for for people who who aren't familiar Jace, yeah. yeah your brother was on here is the very first episode and he he told me that he thought you'd be a very a very good episode and I was I was I, I don't know if I already said this on the air but you are a like a bit heavy dude i'm I'm very curious to hear about your experience in the in the church can you explain because it's different than most churches right yeah what how is it how is it different?
0: Well, I guess Jace already told the listeners what the church was like. I right? want to hear your perspective though so so this is the interesting thing coming into this because sometimes me and Jace will rehash memories, yeah, and they're like, okay, so one of the biggest fights me and Jace ever got in, uh-huh uh was one morning, and me and jace me and Jace became friends five years ago, which I think is so funny. You guys
2: hated each other as
0: kids, yeah, we hated each other why um No one in my family is, is like close, like everyone. And when you're raised in that Christian environment, it goes two ways. It goes the the way of my family, which is no one talks about like anything ever. Right. Like if you're feeling depressed or you're sad or like if someone dies, like you just, no one fucking talks about anything ever. Yeah. And then you have moments of rage where you like, you just lash out at people um, so it's, it's like a, like a, like a lot of pent up bullshit. Right. Um, and you're never allowed to say that you're, you, you're horny or that you jacked off. You're, you're not supposed to be doing, you're supposed to like lack all emotion. Yeah. Basically to be a perfect. You're supposed to be a
2: chess piece pretty much. <laughs> a chess piece.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, so it can go that way or it goes the other way, which I always thought was weird growing up at church. It was the family that loves each other. Yeah. Where they would like all kiss each other on the lips. And like they're, they're they were best friends with their brothers and sisters, and they were best friends with their mom and dad, and uh-huh. they all wore suits. And every it was like fucking family circus. They look like a perfect family from the outside. Yeah, so it can go either one or two ways uh, with that. Um, I'm sorry. What was you? Oh, so okay. So so um, my one of the biggest fights, me and Jace Jace got in. This is this we fucking hate it. We slept in the same room, dude, uh-huh. from the time we were very little. Yeah. Till the time Jace went to college. So we slept we slept in the same room together for like 16, 17 years. Uh-huh. Like right next to each other. Um and he just he always he just hated me. And uh I would I always wanted his accept his acceptance, but I didn't I was like I lacked empathy and I was like a troll. Right. Like when Jace was like a big kid, like I would just go up to him and like honk his titties. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, like, in my mind, I just thought it was funny. Right. But, like, I didn't... I was, like... Was there ever fistfights after that? Out. Yeah, he... I mean... <laughs> yeah. He, but here's the thing. Jace... I I didn't have a gross spurt till I was, like, 16 or 17. Okay. Like I was a short kid. Yeah. And Jace was a big motherfucking guy. Yeah. I mean, football, uh, lineman, the whole fucking thing. Right. He was a huge kid, so he didn't really know his strength. Yeah. So, even one of the biggest fights we got in and this is why i brought this up one of the biggest fights we got in was like in the morning before we were gonna go to school you know he's driving me to school i'm like a sophomore he's a senior and i just like go up to him and he has and this is how i tell the story okay i go up to him and he's He's making buttered toast, right? Uh-huh. And I just take one of his pieces of toast and I just look at him and I, I bite the toast. Uh-huh. He slaps it out of my hand and he pushes me on the ground. I get up, try to swing on him. He gets me, he hits me, he gets me on the ground and he starts, we have these we have these concrete floors and he's just like pushing my head into the concrete, <laughs> basically trying to make my head like explode, like uh-huh. in the throne style. Yeah. And my mom's like, Jesus, you're gonna kill Well, she didn't say fuck it, but she's like, right. it. and he just like got off and he was like, like came out of his like, his haze, you know, and he just yeah. like grabbed his keys and his wallet and just ran out the door and went to school. Um, but like, and I just got up and my mom was like, you know, you need to be nice to your brother and he's going through a lot and all this stuff. But the way Jace tells the story is that he instigated the fight. Jay, the way Jace tells the story is that he says I had the toast and he took it from me. So here's the interesting thing, Tom. About that's so fucking funny is you guys are fighting over who was the bigger ass. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the, dude, that's the funny thing is like me and him, we just have so much fucking self-hatred. Yeah. That the way we tell the story is that we are the asshole. I, yeah. In the story, I'm the asshole that instigated the fight, and in his version, he's the asshole who instigated the
2: fight. That's such a weird, yeah. That I mean, that is that is unique, because it's complete opposite for most most siblings. Um,
0: yeah, where the other person just plays the victim when they right. tell the story.
2: You started it, I finished. You know that right. kind of mentality. What? Um, that's super interesting. It's just that's, very
0: telling of like our psychological makeup and stuff. Yeah, just, like, the deep, like the deep, like we. I I don't want to speak for Jace, but, like, I feel like a giant loser. I feel like a piece of shit. I uh-huh. hate every thought I've ever had, everything right. I've ever made. And
2: these are all things that Jace has said publicly about <laughs> himself,
0: too. So I don't think that's really talking for him. It, so that's why I'd rather, you know, just make bits about, like, what if Hitler was 500 pounds? Right. Like, <laughs> because the alternative. Brave is- Hitler. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, that's. that's inter- Okay. Yeah. And, um, and
0: Jace goes the other way like I'm very I'm very closed off as a person. I don't like letting people close to me and people that are close to me I still don't open up to. Sure. And that's a way to keep people a, uh, you know, at a distance from me, and Jace keeps people at a distance from him by being way Over too honest all the time. But yeah, both accomplish the same thing. Absolutely, if he's, if he's overly honest and open all the time, then people won't get close to him. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you, people will never, re- never really know the real him.
2: Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. And I used I used to do. I've gotten better, it, but I used to do the same thing. Well, it, it, it deprives the people of getting a chance to actually figure you out from their perspective. Yeah, it kind of it. It pins them in kind of a way where they don't they don't know how to act around you because right. they don't see what you're talking about even if there is truth to it right and they never really get a chance to actually know you and it's it's a hard habit I mean both are hard habits
0: but, but it, to break it, it was like an interesting I just realized this last week of like being closed off and incredibly open it, it's the same shit
2: oh it absolutely is yeah, yeah. it's the same th- it's different sides of the same coin yeah it's. They're both defense mechanisms. Yeah, they really
0: are. Yeah, they
2: really are. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and I've, I've honestly, I think I've done, I've done both extremes. I've, I've flipped on it. Uh, you know, I think for a long period, it was, it was.
0: Uh, oh, I know what it's like to be a totally different person, Tom. I'm yeah, sure you fucking. Do oh too. yeah, I've been so many different people: the bully, the bullied, the fucking, the, the, the athlete, the the guy with a lot of friends who was popular, I've been the guy who had no friends for over a span of a year and a half. Right. The, the loner, like, I don't know. The only way I can keep like moving through life is I have to keep reinventing myself, which is why I got sober like 18 months ago. I know you're sober too. I'm actually not anymore. Oh, see, this is what I'm talking That's yeah. why you got to reinvent yourself. And yeah, I was. This is what's great about being sober is you can fall off the wagon and now you're a new person.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> I was sober. And now, yeah, you know, I, I keep the drinking in moderation. I try cocaine for the first time. I'm being a very bad.
0: You, you always told me you would never have a beer unless uh, Doug Stanhope would offer you a beer. Oh, I got hammered with Doug. Okay, so that's when you <laughs> fell off. No, I fell off before that. <laughs> okay, well, that yeah,
2: no, I stayed at his place because I, I was I was doing a you show. In Bisbee? I was doing a show in Bisbee. And uh, he's the nicest fucking dude. But yeah, we got hammered and did drunk yoga and because uh, Olivia. Do you know Olivia Grace? I love Olivia. I she's love Olivia. she's one of my best friends. She's one of my earliest friends in comedy. She's opening for him right now. Oh great! And actually, that was one of the first things we bought her over. His friends, we both loved uh, Doug's comedy. Mm-hmm. And now she's on the road. I think there's. I think they're wrapping up right now. Uh, she but, lives in Indiana now, right? So, no. <laughs>
0: She's another person that's all over the place. She, yeah, like, she
2: is, but she's she's all over the place. But she's also getting her shit together. It's really great. To see. I mean, I don't yeah. want to I don't want to speak for, her, but it seems like she's doing really well right I mean, now. You know how
0: it is, Tom. I don't know if I'll be in the city in fucking four years,
2: dude. I've talked about I've talked about moving since I moved here. I've talked about moving yeah. to like Denver or Austin or Chicago, and then at first I didn't do it because I had a girlfriend who had just moved here. And then I didn't do it because I had mean boys and now I'm not doing it because I, I just signed a lease here <laughs> for a year.
0: You yeah. This place for a year. Well, it's nice. It feels very it's, New York too, it's a, which
2: is cool. Oh yeah. And this area feels very New York. Um, but uh, I wanted, I wanted, yeah, if uh, I want to get like a, the church, cause it's also like a, his episode was like six months ago. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. 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 And a lot of, there are people who haven't heard it. I want to, and I also just want to hear your perspective. Like, Let's start here. What was your first memory of the church?
0: My first memory of the church, this is very funny. uh, Dude, one of my earliest memories was in Clarendon, Texas, at Clarendon Church of Christ, which Uh is up in the Panhandle. I must have been like four, whenever you start having memories, like four years old. Um, That is when... I was a very bright kid. I feel retarded now, but I was—I relate to that. Yeah, I was the kid who, like, in terms of AR points, which is the reading stuff. Like, I was uh-huh. light years ahead of fucking everybody. Yeah, and like, I remember being in class and no one knew how to read, and I was like already reading like Harry Potter books, and right? Shit, where I was just like, I. So the, the the problem with that is when you come to a kid when he's young and you tell him about hell and like how most people will go to hell. And you're own like you, you're not perfect, but you're only saved through God's grace, and He forgive forgives you and all this stuff. Like you take it very literally, right? And if you're someone like me, I have a pretty rich imagination. That's one of my only strong things I have about my personality that I like. Yeah. But that caused me to like. I remember learning about how like for kind of like the first time, and I had I immediately. Started my first memories. I immediately remember having like nightmares of hell, uh, where I would appear like on Judgment Day, and God would be. <laughs> this is so. This is so morbid. I just realized this. God and my nightmare would be um, the lamb. Do you remember that TV show that was the little lamb, the little uh, puppet lamb? No. I, what was that show? It was. Um, but so that was the TV show I was watching at the time. It was right. very young. It was this little baby lamb but that was, was like pop, like a hand
2: puppet or yeah, like, a, like a
0: hand puppet lamb. Okay. Thing. Um, I'm sure some listener will, will, I'm say sure who it is. Uh, and I need to look that up too. Cause I did like that show. Um, but that was Jesus. And then God was this thing that I couldn't really see this bright light. Right. And they would, it was just me in the dream. I would be before God on judgment day in front of everybody as, as like a kid. Yeah. And, I would just get sent into the dark, the big dark void that was left of him, like getting shot into it. And I would just like wake up. Yeah. And I would dude. I was like, I was like five, right? And then I remember like one of my next memories is like, then I started to figure out that at a certain age, you know, this is what you're taught in the church of Christ. You know, right from wrong at a certain age, usually around 12 for whatever reason, 10 to 12. Yeah. And that's when you have to get baptized. Cause once you know right from wrong and you're not baptized and you die, then you go to hell. So I remember as a kid, like being like six, this was, we had moved to big spring, Texas at this point. I remember realizing that if I died, I would just go to heaven. And that was like the goal. So I, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I legitimately like took a, like a piece of my toy and put it in my mouth. And I was like, I should just try to swallow this and choke on it. So I'll die and go to heaven. And how old were you? This must've been 1999. Uh-huh. 98, so I was like six
2: years old or seven years old. And you had that suicidal impulse. Did yeah, you tr- try yeah. to swallow it? or did I you- put
0: it in my mouth and I tried to swallow it and I just couldn't do it. I was, like, I mean, it would take a lot of guts to kill yourself at seven. Right, like, right. I'm glad I didn't do it. Yeah. But, like, I remember spitting it out and being like, oh, that was weird. Like, why would I try to do that? Like, you know, or whatever. But that was like my. When you start piecing together all these memories and putting them together, you're just like, "Oh no, it makes sense that I'm uh, like podcasting, yeah, right now, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. It makes sense that I wanted to get up in front of strangers and beg for their approval, right, every night. No, for, for no sure, money.
2: yeah, <laughs> for sure." When you, when, you, when you try to swallow it, were you like, as a kid, do you remember, like, did you want to die, or you just didn't want to go to hell?
0: It was like, I was just so terrified of hell. Yeah. Um, and this is going to sound pretentious, but I read that book, A Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, Yeah. by uh, James Joyce, which I hate, I hate James Joyce, but that character, Stephen Daedalus, um, the character throughout the book is like, he's very interested in art um, and poetry and stuff, and he just has like nightmares of hell. And he just prays before he goes to bed and every time he sins, he would stop and he would pray and he, he really struggled with like like uh, sexual thoughts and, and like lustful thoughts and he would just have nightmares of hell all the time and he was just afraid he was he was gonna like you, you're told it's come like a, it comes like a thief in the night right it comes like a fucking thief in the night and then and then it's just all fucking over. Um, but I really related to that character and then it flashes forward in that book in the last chapter to him he's all grown up and he's like he's a dick he's like a liberal arts bullshit atheist right. guy and he's like very closed off to the, to the world and stuff um, but uh, that that's kind of that, that character like really Super hit the relatable. nail on the head and it also comforted me to know that this has been going on for like hundreds of years
2: yeah no I mean it it has been I think it's more like prevalent now than it's ever been but yeah i mean since
0: there's a lot of ex-church people dude i looked up uh people that have left the church of christ and dude there are support groups like they do for like like rape victims and stuff yeah people meet up that have been like that have left the church of christ because it's hard
2: Trauma is trauma. You know what I mean. Like it, it's, it's like it can affect you, no matter what. What were some of the f- like? Yeah, there's
0: support groups for this shit, dude. Yeah, and there's podcasts for
2: right people. wait what, like, when you say it was hard, like, what can like? Besides, I mean, being a suicidal six year old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I
2: mean, I feel like that's a pretty strong example. But it wasn't like,
0: because I wanted to die, I just didn't want to go to hell.
2: Right. Right. It was
0: all. All my actions were fear based.
2: Yeah, What? like what else like when you talk about it being hard. What else was difficult about it? Because it sounds different than a lot of other churches. This isn't, you know,
0: what was difficult about it is so I got in my mind that, okay, so you get to go to heaven, but only through God's grace. Right. And it's not because you're perfect, but. I wanted to be perfect. Like, I, I even, when I got baptized, I was like, I'm going to be the first person to never sin. Yeah. Like I'm like, once I get baptized, I will never sin again for the rest of my life, which is, like, cr- crazy. That's yeah. insane that I had that thought. But I even remember being like, it's, dude, it's this cycle that I got in at a very, very young age. Right. Where I'm like, okay, so, I'm like, okay, so I have to be perfect. So, I'm on my journey. I have to be perfect. And then I sin. So then I sin, I have to ask for the forgiveness of God and then I have, but but now I'm going to try to be perfect again. And then I fuck up and I have to, I have to ask for forgiveness again. It was just this fucking brutal cycle of like you masturbate, then you have to, you have to pray about it. And then, or you lie to someone then you have to pray about it. It's like this continuous thing that was like, I mean, trying, like putting the, the weight of that on a kid to like feel like he had and maybe i just put this on myself but this was the impression i got that i had to be fucking like sinless right and perfect and whole and pure is like i mean it's the weight of the fucking world on a, a child yeah and
2: especially with the stakes of
0: the stakes are the highest stakes possible yeah and that was that's why i'm kind of the way i am too because i didn't really give a shit about anything else right like, i didn't care about clothes or or uh, like the way people interacted or like the way people felt. Right. It like made me almost like kind of a weird like, like it made me like lack empathy in this weird way. Yeah.
2: Because it you, was the only focus was you and your own perfection.
0: Right. So you become like, um, what's the term? Solipsistic. The belief that you're the only thing that exists. Because, right. Yeah. So it just, it makes you, it's a very lonely. I was very angry all the time. I was very bitter. I hated myself a lot and it was just because i felt like i just never felt like i was enough i always felt like totally fucked yeah totally fucked
2: were there any like specific moments where you didn't feel that way where you felt like okay this this will be this will be enough or it was just constant no it was constant it was
0: constant yeah it's constant because it's not so, even like a 3
2: second window cuz
0: i was taught dude i was taught that this life didn't even mean anything right it was all about like. It's just a you know, trial. At the end of the day, are you gonna go to heaven or not? Right. Are you gonna go to heaven or hell? And very, few, I was told very few people go to heaven, and that was a hard thing to grasp. I'm like, so grandma and grandpa, they don't go to church. Yeah. On my mom's side, I'm like, holy shit, they're going to hell. I'm like, that sucks. Right. What the fuck? Yeah. It made me sad. Oh, of course. Like I was like, you could like look down from heaven and see your loved ones like burning and in, in a. In a fire
2: that's just that's just heaven is just watching your 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 parents get
0: lit on fire for you're just well, sure eating a fucking
2: perks. wetzels pretzels watching your family get torched <laughs> that's heaven
0: yeah heaven is just like standing heaven is just watching the towers fall right Like over, and over, over and over yeah
2: yeah no that's i mean that that is an interesting that's i i've thought about that too i don't think about this stuff as much because i wasn't i wasn't raised yeah christian but that is a weird kind of like you can basically you have box seats to you know the loved ones with shortcomings damnation (laughs) you know uh it's a weird a weird thing where like no it's still heaven even if you see them you know um, and you believed in all this sh- like shit fully. You were full in.
0: Tom, I was so bought in. I was so bought in. And here's what I realized like leaving the church. I was like, oh, a lot of people that are in this, they don't fucking believe any of it. Yeah. Why did I buy it? Like, why didn't anyone set me down and be like, hey, you know, you know, this, this
2: isn't It's mostly a social thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, this is like, we just do this because it's like a community thing. And like this guy on the city council goes to this church and I'm trying to move my way up so I can be mayor. Right. So that's why our kids go here and that's why I pretend to believe in this stuff. So I can get close to this family and go to after church events with him and meet him and his wife and right. like, climb the ladder. Like like I wish someone set me down and they're like, You don't really believe in any of this, right? Right. Um, which I would estimate, Tom, I would estimate it's like half. Yeah. I mean it's like half of the people I went to church with don't believe in any of it.
1: Yeah. Did your, or
0: they just don't really give a shit.
1: Right.
2: Your your family believed in it though.
0: My dad really did. My mom was an atheist when they got married and then my dad converted her. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh but my dad is still like he still sends me bible verses and stuff. Yeah. They were re- I mean they were really upset when I left the church. Uh-huh. Really upset. That's like the big So like when, when I finally left the church at like 2021, like I didn't believe in it for a while at that point, like probably like a year and a half, two years. And the reason I left is because it was kind of a strange situation. I was going to a private Christian college in my hometown. Um, I didn't even want to go to college. I, I told my mom, I was like, I I just want to go. I want to move to LA and just get a job. And right. it was just because I wanted to do comedy. Yeah. Um, she was like, no, you need to go to college. Like, please do this for me. And I was like, okay, Christ, I'll go.
2: Before that happened, before you, you yeah. kind of reached this point, yeah. did your faith, had your faith been wavering at all or you were still all in this whole time? All in. You're still all in
0: at all this in. point. Okay. I was preaching. You were preaching too? I was preaching, yeah. Me and Jace were both preaching. We would preach at this um, at this nursing home. Yeah. Called Royal Estates. Um, and we would, I mean the amount of community service hours, me and Jace racked up by the time we were 16 is like crazy. Uh uh-huh. like, I mean thousands of hours yeah. of like giving these people communion, praying for them, offering them service, uh, leading worship, um, like writing sermons and like performing them for them. Uh, the whole thing. I mean, they, people at the church were trying to send me to a preacher school and stuff to become a preacher. And before, you know what's interesting? Before that, I was terrified to speak in front of everybody, but they made me do it. And then you and started then I, to like it. I started liking it. Yeah. I started liking it. And that's the only reason why I could even, like, get on stage now is because of that. Like, You've had that, that practice. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, so I was, yeah, I was, to- your question is, was I totally bought in? 100%.
2: And at this point, and you're reaching college, your mom wants you to go to college, and you want to just move to Los Angeles. I want to move to LA,
0: and like my whole idea is like I'll just buy a van and like live in a van. Yeah, I don't get I don't care about anything, right? You know, and I th- I was like I just got to get away from everything, and so so what happened is my freshman year of college, um after one semester my family moved, but they still hadn't sold their house. Uh huh. So I saved money by instead of living in a dorm, I lived off campus, and I lived in this house in the middle of the country. Um, like 30 minutes from the school. So at this point now I've, I have been after one semester of college, I've been banned from the only open mic in my town. I have no friends. At that point I had probably gained about 50 pounds. So I was much heavier than I was. I didn't even realize I was gaining so much weight. Yeah. You um, never really do. No, you don't. You wake up one day. You're like, Oh, what the, f-? you see a picture of yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. Um, And I just, dude, I didn't have a single fucking friend. I had nobody. And then I was still going to church, right? I had no friends. And I'm living now in my childhood home. And it is completely empty. Except for one mattress upstairs and a little TV I have to, with my PS2, so I can like play DVDs of like the Big Lebowski or whatever I was watching. Or Reservoir Dogs or whatever. And um, that is when I started to like lose my mind. Yeah cuz the only people that gave a sh- gave a flying fuck about me had just had just moved 4 hours away. Yeah. And everything that was left of my life that I knew was gone. And but now I'm in the skeleton of a of a place. Right.
2: It got stripped of all of the nostalgia right. and all of the things that made it home including the exactly. people. And you have a game system and a mattress. Yeah. And you're in a completely new because even if you are going to college in the same hometown, it's a completely different environment than, than high school. Even if it's a junior college that's totally
0: different. A half a mile away from the high school. It's completely different. Your whole different. life is different. So that's when I started to get really isolated. I remember I had days where I would just like wake up and like I would have to go to like chapel at my Christian university. So you have to go to church every day, like in the middle of the day. And everybody's Christian and everybody has a, a clique of friends. I don't like any of them. And I'm secretly, like, not, I'm, like, secretly, I'm, like, I fucking hate everybody. Yeah. I started listening to, I mean, I got it really deep into, I listened to every Hicks record and every Carlin record, and that was just, and uh, Patrice, like, I had discovered all these people And South Park in the span of, like, two years as I was, like, mentally, like, leaving the church, right? But Uh secretly, like, but not being open about it and uh so i'm I'm just like at the school, I don't like anybody. I have to keep going to church right
2: right Was it the isolation that made made you start to
0: kind of dislike the church? I think once you're i think once you're forced into isolation, I think you start to question everything yeah um I think you really start to see your life for what it is well you don't because you start to go you start to go a little. I'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Um, sure. You just start to every, all your values start to shift when you're isolated. Right. So now I'm like, I would have days where I woke up and then I hit my head on my pillow, going to bed that night. And I realized I hadn't opened my mouth. I hadn't said anything to anybody, not even like someone at subway. Yeah. Like nothing. I'm like, holy shit. This is, this is starting to get weird. Cause I was like, I became popular in high school by the end of high school. And like, n- like what is going on? Like my, f- my family's gone no no one cares about me no one no my phone never rings no one ever texts me what the fuck is going on and then i started to like get really paranoid that like i started to have these weird dreams in the house and i started to get paranoid that i would like round a corner in the house and this was when the roots of the church still were really embedded in my brain i was i was literally afraid i would see demons uh-huh. and devils in my home like i would round i was like in the middle of the night, if I had to get up to a glass of water, I was f- for certain if I was going to go downstairs and open that door that there would be a demon like waiting for me. Yeah. Because I, I I, don't know, dude, but I was like barely hanging on. Yeah. So I thought I was going to see stuff. I would hear stuff in the house. I would have these, my dreams would really fuck with me. Like I would have these dreams where I, I remember the specific one I had where I like woke up in the house and in the dream I walked downstairs And the house is you know it's it's empty but i go into the garage in the in the fridge to get like a bottle of water and when i close the fridge i see in the reflection of the fridge behind me that the garage door is open and my mother and my little brother and my little sister are all playing basketball in the driveway together and they're all they're all having fun like just shooting hoops and i and my and i get so excited i'm like oh my god my family they're back they're back and i turn around and there's it's just dark and there's nothing. Yeah. And the basketball goal is not there, and there's nobody. And then I would like wake up. Right. And I kept having dreams like that where I'm like, Jesus, my You'd brain see, is really
2: fucking. Yeah. With me. You'd see the 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 reflection of your family, and they just wouldn't be there. They, they wouldn't be there. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, how? And I had guns with me. You did.
0: I had a. Sh- I, I mean, had. It's a, Texas. Yeah. I had a, I had two rifles and a shotgun in the in the closet because I would hunt too. But like that's when I started thinking about like. I, w- I would just think, like, almost every night about just going downstairs and just loading the shotgun. Yeah. Just, like, did you
2: ever think about just swallowing it whole to choke on it to death? Or is that... Swallowing a what? <laughs> swallowing the gun to choke on <laughs> it to <laughs>
1: death.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, uh, no, what, that's hilarious. Yeah.
2: No, I mean... Uh, Dude, the church
0: keeps you retarded. I was just talking to uh, Ray Kump and Tim about this. Ray was like, so did you even know when... Uh, did you like even know like what sex was? I was like when I was when I was like sixteen, I thought babies still came out of the the butt.
2: Dude, it was fourteen for me. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah, dude. The yeah. church keeps you
0: retarded. Yeah. And Like I said something to a friend about like oh, and then she's gonna poop the baby out, and he was like what? I'm like you know because he's like the he's like you don't think the baby comes out of the butt? I'm like what? Like what are you talking about? He's like, and then he had to explain to me i'm like so the vagina i'm like where it like is the vagina like um, under the belly button or is it in the butt like he had to explain everything to me. where it was because no yeah. one had a sex talk with me yeah i thought you still like pee- I thought you like peed into their butt to get them <laughs> dude i had no idea right i didn't right. come till i was like f- like 16 yeah
2: I am this is such a weird follow up thing to say but I'm I'm curious about that but the the, the my my experience what I have learned it wasn't in the butt. it was in 8th grade and we were watching a science video of a kangaroo giving birth and I I didn't raise my hand I just go why is it coming out of the front in front of exactly. the whole class in front of the whole class and they all look at me like where do you think it's supposed to come from and like you know the anus yeah.
0: and then everyone just started laughing at it. <laughs> did, did this? Did the fact that dogs fuck from the back? Did that inform you of, of what it you might have actually? That's it what might informed have informed me. I'm like, well, if dogs fuck from the back, then clearly you fuck a woman in their ass, right? <laughs> to get them pregnant, of course.
2: Yeah. No. Th-
0: yeah. I mean, it no. Made I perfect sense in my head. It, no. That
2: that actually, I wonder if that is where where it uh where it came from. But I uh, I don't.
0: Dude, it's 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 crazily irresponsible as a parent to not give the, a child a sex talk.
2: Uh, I completely agree. I'd, I actually I could have
0: got someone. Pre- someone could have fucked me. I wouldn't even know what's happening. Right at, the, at fifteen, I could have yeah. got someone pregnant.
2: Yeah, like it's just this uh, first hug that felt good, and it turns out you're you're getting someone knocked up. Right. Yeah. Did you? Did you? So like through that through that whole. I mean, there's so many there's so many things I'm curious about, but like, I guess since we're on the sex train, when you actually did like you you were able to hold off till you were sixteen, I'm sure that just flooded you with shame?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had, dude, I had this iPod Touch that the that the school gave me and I would, when I was 16, you couldn't get on the internet and look at anything bad because they had your internet history through the school's right. like, server. And uh, everyone got busted by the way right everyone immediately watched porn and got their iPod touch taken away right but I dude I would go into the app store and there was a bikini babe app on the app store (laughs) on the iPod touch and I would look at preview images within the app store of girls in bikinis like small images and I would zoom in on that (laughs) and I was addicted to masturbating to that and I remember after a year of that like I would I would feel so bad and I would, I would pray for forgiveness and I'm like, what's wrong with me? I don't know what's going on, but 16, you want to fuck all the time. Yeah. I, uh, my preacher said in a sermon, he's like, if anything is causing you a distraction from the entering the kingdom of heaven, you should take a sledgehammer to it, whether it's your television or, or what it is, it's, it's not worth it. Cause the kingdom of heaven is everything. And you know, if your TV is causing you to sin, get rid of it. If you're so I dude in a, on the, on um, one night after uh, after I masturbated to the Bikini Babe app, I took my iPod touch, which was like $300 at yeah. the time. And I drove to this bridge on a county road as the sun was setting and I like got out of my car and I just had my iPod touch and in this like, moment to me which was like stoic i was like stoic like i took my eye on yeah. touch and i hurled it into the river like it was a
2: the <laughs> the, the, the end of the second
0: act of a film yeah, yeah exactly yeah um and then i immediately masturbated like three hours later <laughs> right yeah. right
2: i mean i got where you you're gonna take a hammer to your dick when you first started that story <laughs> I
0: just become trans
2: yeah what what but uh back back uh, you know back to the uh, back to the house because that does sound that sounds fucking it
0: was a nightmare dude morbid
2: and you weren't really talking to your family at that point
0: no and that was when so after like a couple weeks of being there um the first sunday i woke up and i put on my clothes to go to church for the first time by myself without my family and i put on my clothes and i just like I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I just, there was something about, I just couldn't do it. And I got back in bed. And then after a couple days later, my dad started texting me. He's like, Hey, uh, did you go to church on Sunday? Like immediately. Right. I was like, Oh yeah, I did. he's like, okay, well, you know, and then my mom told me that she's like, yeah, your dad called some people. They said they didn't see you at church and stuff. I was like, no, I went, I went just lying. And then why? The, why did you lie? Why weren't you honest about it? Because um, if I told them I didn't, because I wanted my dad's approval so bad. I still do. I still wish he would just like hug me and tell me he's proud of me. But that's never gonna happen. um Like I recently got, I recently got engaged, and yeah. I thought they would be happy about that. And like I came home with with my fiance Katie, and my dad was like, "You sure you want to get married?" I was do, like, do, you, "Yeah." I was like, "God damn it!" Like. I, we just texted him. I was, I was on a plane a couple months ago and as I was boarding, we had just told my family the day of the wedding. I was like, yeah, it's April 25th. It's this day. Um, and my dad wrote back in the group text. He's like, oh, me and Alan have a track meet that day. It's a regional track meet. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, I, I texted him back. I'm like, I'm not moving the day of my wedding. Cause you have a track meet. Like, yeah. And my mom called me. She was like, your dad didn't mean anything by it. I'm like, he's not going to come to the wedding because he has a track meet. And she was like, no, he didn't mean that. Your father's stupid. You know how he is. Like, you know, he wouldn't miss it. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. Right. I just wish he would like fucking... Anyway, so that was a that was a tangent that I needed to go on. No, apparently. no, absolutely. I mean, that that's fucking... That's why I'm just not going to get married. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> they just don't care. They yeah, don't no, care. that's but brutal. But it's fine because I'm going to start my own family and love, love my kid the way my dad didn't. You I mean, that's, I mean? The,
2: that's the healthiest... I think that's the healthiest reaction is like to... You can only like... At the end of the day, you know, I really do feel this way about... I'd say 90, 90% of parents. I think... Very few parents, and I don't know. I don't know your dad. I can't speak yeah. to that, but I think very few parents come to this think world. Bobby
0: Knight, yeah, <laughs> he's a basketball coach. So just think, Bobby Knight.
2: Yeah, they very few people come to this world prepared to be parents. Even people who have prepared their whole life, like for a kid, they're like I'm gonna be a dad. I'm gonna kill. They still don't know what the fuck right. they're doing, and I think like I'm guessing having kids, whatever issues you had before, I think it just kind of puts a magnifying glass to it. Because you're now in a partner with some other person who has their own issues. Yeah. And you're dealing with those, and then those end up getting projected on the kids. And I think all you can really do is look at, like, the things that your family maybe could have done better and just gone, oh, I'm not going to do it that way.
0: Yeah. I was talking to a friend recently, and he was like, Yeah, when I had a kid, and I, I immediately, within, at one point, like, he's a, he's a depressed guy, and he, he was like, Oh, I feel depressed. And his first thought was, Well, your baby doesn't give a shit if how you feel. <laughs> and he's to eat yeah so i went to work yeah i'm like holy shit i wish my dad but my dad would just like live in the past which i'm trying not to become him he would just be like dad what are you thinking about he's like 2007 i wish i would have called a different play like i don't know why i did the inbounds pass to she was open in the corner i should have told him to run a like that's what he's thinking like he's not he's never he's He's just about mistakes he made made yeah he just he just really cares about his uh and he's a, he's a very successful basketball coach in in West Texas and he's he's created like plays that coaches copy and stuff and he's he has like over like 800 wins yeah. or something but he's like I'm I've been finding out more and more about my fam like I still don't know who he is but I'm piecing together who my like I just found out, my dad was like went on antidepressants three years ago because he wanted to like I think he wanted to like kill himself. Yeah, this is third hand I hear from my mom through my brother who tells me I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, does anyone ever talk to anybody in this family about anything that's going on?
2: Yeah, no, I uh, I mean I have a very different relationship with with you know my family than you do with yours, but I, my dad won't he won't talk about his feelings. He's the same way. The only way he'd ever open up to me about his feelings was are the family lizard.
0: What do you mean? Like you I talk would, to the lizard? No, I about?
2: would. I would ask him how he's doing, and he'd say things like, "I think the lizard's depressed today."
0: <laughs> oh, really? It is yeah. Refer to it in third person. He would. Well, no, he'd uh, like point to me on the doll where you. it's Yeah, <laughs>
2: he kind of like used the lizard. Like I'd figure out how he's doing by asking him how the lizard was doing, and then the lizard. The lizard died a couple weeks <laughs> ago. <laughs> and i've never been more afraid of an animal dying because it was the only way i could like get you know my dad he's a construction since he was
0: yeah like he's you know he's my dad's a man our dads are men they're old school you never saw him cry. they never talked about their feelings
2: yeah but he's also he's like my dad's a my dad's a man but he's also like he's also a very like compassionate empathetic Mm. person you know he's 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 Buddhist. He's very Buddhist. And he, you know, he does have like, he has, I think he's like more willing to like hear people out in their feelings and stuff like that than most men of his generation. Right. But still through the prism of like, I am still a man. He's just, he's because of Eastern religion. He's, I think he's been able to push through and be able to like be more of a, like, he's not afraid to talk to people about their feelings. He just won't, Tell me what the fuck's going on with him.
0: <laughs> That's a good start, though.
2: Yeah, no, and it's like, and he's he's you know, if anyone's in crisis, he's a he like he'll be there. He's like a great person, but I. I'm genuinely worried because the family lizard died and I don't know if he'll ever open up about how he's feeling ever again. Not to make do a tangent about me, but like, no,
0: I just pinpointed what we were talking about. Uh, I was talking about why did I lie about not going to Yeah, yeah. It's because I wanted my father's approval. I know he'd be incredibly upset if I left. Yeah. So the next week, and this I'm this this dream I'm about to tell you, I'm about to tie into something about me walking into this apartment and why I kind of seemed to not present. OK. OK. So the next week, so Saturday night, I go to bed and I'm like, OK, I got to go to church in the morning. Right. And I had when I went to bed, I had this dream. Let me see if I, I wrote it down somewhere. I, I reread it sometimes just so because I know you recreate memories and I want to remember exactly how it was when I right. woke and wrote it but basically the gist of the dream is i'm in this city like new york or something and the streets are completely empty and there's this storm coming and i'm with my family and you know something really bad is about to happen it's This this giant storm right um my mom grabs my little sister and my little brother and they run off they run to like a mall or something and i'm like oh they're gonna be fine be right. really totally fine i don't know where they went but they're fine I, now I'm looking at Jace, and at the time Jace, I knew Jace was like drinking and was totally uh, uh, aberrated. He was an aberration, right? I think that's how you use aberrated means wandered from the proper path, right? I actually I don't know. Okay, so he's Jace has wandered from the proper path at this point. I know. So this is fuck this it, is, aberrated. We'll yeah, yeah. stick with it. This yeah. is kind of this is kind of funny to me. Jace darts and runs into a liquor store. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny, <laughs> yeah. actually, because that actually explains Jace uh, a lot. You know, he's just like, there's trouble. Just dive into a little right star. Um Which explains me as well. But then I'm, so I'm standing in the middle of the road, and there's this big bridge in the back, and this giant storm is coming, and now it's just me and my father. And I turn to my dad, and I go, Dad, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. Like, what should we do? Dad, tell me. And I look over. And he's just at the median in the middle of this road. And there's this big like uh, big bushes and leaves like something out of like the Lion King in the middle of this road. And there's just this beetle on this big green leaf. And my dad is just like letting this beetle run back and forth over his hand. I'm like, Dad, we got to do something. I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. And he won't he won't say anything. And I, the storm is about to come. So then I just, I just run where Jace was and I run into the liquor store and I go down into this. I, and I think my dad's going to be fucked. I'm like, he's just fucked. Yeah. And he, I get into the liquor store and my, they close it and lock it. There's a bunch of people in it, close it and lock it. And my dad's like banging on the door outside, but he can't get in. It's like, he gets washed away. Um, and I look around the liquor store. There's like, there's like nobody and they, they lead me down into this basement and in the basement, it's very dark and I could tell people are like, um, it's, it's like this pandemonium and everybody is stricken with anxiety and it's like, you know, uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's the, that's the quote from the Bible. That's what it, it really was. And everybody there is like in business suits and they're, they seem to be like evil people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jace, Jace, where are you? I'm looking for my brother. I'm like, Jace, where are you? And then, this, and then I hear a loud crash, and this all this water starts rushing into the basement and just consumes all of us, and then I wake up. Um, and I wrote that down immediately, right? And I was like, holy shit, that was the most vivid dream I've ever had in my entire life, and it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the, there's clear metaphors in there of, like... And maybe people think dreams are, like, uh, boring or whatever, but I think this one was really fascinating. No, I, I'm fascinated by dreams as well. Um, and I think they inform... I think they really inform like what you should do with your life and where you where you are emotionally. Uh-huh. And like clearly the dream was like this metaphor for like my whole life I had been uh, letting my dad tell me what to do and I didn't I was at this point where I didn't have him anymore. And I didn't know what to do, but I didn't have his belief system anymore, but I'm still like looking to him like dad, I want to make you proud. What do I do? What do I do? And he's just like there's this wall between us and he can't he can't even see me. He can't even speak and he's not even present. There's this big storm coming, but he's just distracted by this fucking bug. Um, but I wake up, I write the dream down, and I get dressed, and I go to church. I drive twenty five minutes to church, I park outside, and I have this moment sitting in my car looking into the church where I go i go this is this is the like the most upset i 've ever been in my life. This is like the most depressed like I have nobody. I can't do the one thing that I gave a shit about every week, which was this stupid open mic where I bombed. Right. I have no friends, I'm fucking fat now. Um, I don't have my family, I have nobody. I, was, I had this, thought, I was like, this is like the lowest I think I've ever been. And I had the thought, I go, I looked at inside the church as people were walking in, I go, that's the last place I wanna be. That's the last fucking place I wanna be right now. And then everything why, clicked why? in my head. This is the thing everything clicked on my head. I go, "Wait, if this is my lowest and church is the last thing I last place I want to be, then what does that tell me about church and my relationship with yeah, church how it's and everything? affecting me?" I was like, "Holy shit. This is the first place I should want to be if if the church is functioning in the correct way in my life." Yeah. Everything clicked. And I just put the car in reverse and I drove home. I went back to bed and I never I never went to church again. That was the last time I ever went. It was like done. Yeah. Um, and then there was a huge falling out with my family. How, you, my mom like yeah. drove all the way to town to like talk to me and she was very upset. She's like, your father's very worried about you. And I was just like,
2: how, how did you, how did you tell him? Cause like, that's a, that's a, that's a hard thing to explain. There's no, there's no
0: conversations had in our family. Right. So they just found out cause my dad kept calling everybody. Have you seen him at church? Have you seen him at church? And um, I just like want to answer his text pretty much. Yeah. Um, and he, Mike, he was so angry that my mom would be like, let me talk to him. Like I can like, like, he doesn't want to talk to you. Like yeah. scared of, you You know, he's very scared. I'm still scared of him when I'm around him. He's, he's a very intimidating guy. Um, and you know, my, I remember my mom came and we like had pizza and she was like, she was kind of like trying to ask me like, why don't you go to church anymore? And all this stuff. He's like, you know, your father really wants you to go to church. And I go, um, I go, let me tell you, I was like, here's here's something I realized about dad. I was like, mom, you're such a loving, giving person. I was like, remember that one time when we were in New York, the one trip we took to New York and we had no money and you walked by a woman in January in the snow who was like freezing, like covered in snow and you took like the $200 you had in your purse and you gave it to her? I was like, that that is what a, a, like a Christian is. That's what like a loving, giving person is and... I go I I think you are a great person regardless of church and all this stuff. I go I've never seen dad ever help anybody. I have never seen him give money to somebody. I've never seen him care for, for somebody. I'm not going to listen to him and tell me how to live my life. That that that's that kind of, I'm not going to try to please a person like that who doesn't try to who is selfish and has I've never seen try to help somebody. This, this is, I'm very intense. Yeah. Like I'm very intense doing this. Like I could be way too intense of a person. No I, I of,
2: think that's why we both shtick it up a lot, is yeah. because we know that the, there's so the much werewolves rage are in and, your in your eye. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, uh, once I once someone starts having a really intimate conversation with me and I get into it, they're like, Jesus Christ, buddy, calm down. No, I'm the same way. Yeah, but there's a lot of rage and passion inside me, and that's why I have to create things where I'll go crazy.
2: Yeah, no, I completely get that. So that was kind of the... Well, how did she react to that? Because that's a hard thing. I think One, she, that's a hard thing to say. That's a hard thing to hear, and that's, you, you, you know...
0: She was just like, you know, your father, you know, he's not good at expressing it, but he really loves you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, but, you know... And then after that, you know, we just kind of just didn't just it's our family we just don't talk about it when i moved when i moved out to la and i moved in with katie that's like a huge fucking no-no yeah because we weren't sex, married yet yeah cohabitants with a woman like a huge no-no so i didn't tell them about that and like my mom came to visit me out here and she's like why did you not tell us that you were living with katie and all this stuff and i was like i was like i mean what do, you, what do you want me to say? You I, I want to hear about it. We don't have convers. We don't. Yeah. We, you. You guys want me to go to church and, and like? So we've never really had a conversation about. Since that. we've never had a conversation about me not being a Christian, or me not going to church, or any of this stuff. Yeah. Um. And now they, through my actions, my other. I feel like I laid down on the cross for my brothers and sisters. Uh huh. Because I feel like it lets Jace off the hook too. And he, listen, Jace can tell them whatever. I don't know what he tells them. He was lying to them for a long time. He, I will let him have his thing so mom doesn't cry. That's totally fine. I don't know what he tells them. Right. That's totally fine with me. I don't have a real relationship with them. I talk to my mom a couple times a year. Um, but uh, they, uh, like, m- m- it's like they've, they've slowly slipped away from this dogma that they've had. Like my dad still goes to church and everything, but I, I think my, my sister is now living with a guy uh, that they've been dating for three years, which is good for her. They that's, seem really happy. That's normal, that's, yeah. And I think like they they live at my parents' house. Um, some Like sometimes they'll spend the night and mom's like, yeah, Ellen's spending the night with Brock again. Like, you know how she is and like, and my mom is starting to drink wine, which was... You were never supposed to drink alcohol, but she drinks wine now. And uh, my little brother is doing his own thing, and he's gotten in trouble, like, with the law from, like, drinking. It's just, like, underage, minor right, shit. Right, Um. So Nothing now, sinister, just, yeah. So we all went the total other way, and my parents have kind of just chilled out with all of it. I think my dad wishes we also went to church, but... Right. He's never going to have a conversation with us about going. So yeah. Nothing's going to, you know...
2: I mean... Yeah, I it's it sounds like and I don't I don't know. I'm not I don't know your family and I'm not you know, I'm not I don't know, but it sounds like there there is there is an aspect where like you know, you know, because on a much smaller scale, like my I was raised very Buddhist. When I tell people that, they get they they think it's the beginning to a, a setup or something right, like right. but it it's it's true and I think you know,
0: a classic Tom Goss misdirect. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but no, like, and that would—that's uh, like to my mom that that was like the most important thing, and I felt the same way. Where it's like I kind of like I didn't I didn't want to practice anymore. I have no, I don't think I have the same level of like. I don't think there's any problem with it outside of the regular issues I have with organized religion. Um, I think it does a lot of good things, but then a the day like it, it wasn't good for me. It was tearing at my mental health a little bit.
0: Even the Buddhist stuff, really. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, and the, it gets really complicated and other things well, like, I was also because, having
0: psychotic breaks and stuff right. like that too. Did, were you really resistant to it because you're not allowed to be an individual because you're supposed to be a, in a group? Like that might have been just part be of Another it. face in the crowd. I was very
2: involved. pro it, and I still have a lot of beliefs that are that come from that, and I don't think it's all. It's all you know. It's all bad, but like it was, it was difficult trying to. Conv- I still have conversations where I'm like, "You got to stop telling Buddhist leaders to email me." <laughs> you, you know, I still have those conversations. Um, uh, but it's made like it was so much more intense for me than my siblings because I was the oldest, and I th- sometimes, you know. And it's also like it's a it's a sliding scale, and I think I think what parents realize is like the importance we're putting on this can break the relationship yeah with my child i think that's a big part of it at the end of the day you know as as many flaws as they have i think you know they go well we don't want this to repeat with the other ones too right you know be- right
0: like they saw how i reacted yeah to everything and so that's why they maybe you're right about that i i yeah. I,
2: I i i mean once again i don't know but like that they, they, they probably do, like, if they chilled out for your siblings, they probably go, they probably to some degree feel like they lost their son. They go, maybe the best way to do it yeah. is to chill the fuck out. Yeah, and I rest think they go them. to
0: church with them sometimes still. So maybe that's like, okay, this is the best we can do. It's like, they yeah. drink or do whatever, but at least they go to church with us.
2: Yeah, there's still that family, and that's what church is supposed to be, and I think that's one of... You know, there is an aspect of that I miss even as as a, you know, like a former Buddhist is going with the whole family together to like, we, we went as a family to go pray and stuff. Yeah. And there was something, there's that the community, the closest community that you have, which is your family coming together to do a thing together. Even if you don't really realize at the time there is, there is something powerful about that. And it even speaks to your experience where it wasn't until they just kind of Disappeared Where you go I'm done with this But while you guys Were all still together There was some sort of Sort of value to that So that would I mean that's kind of just I don't know That's my assumption Is they probably chilled out Because they Yeah They saw how it strained Their relationship
0: I think you're right dude Yeah I think you're right
2: What did you think it was Before If you don't mind me asking What do you mean Like why do you think They chilled out For your siblings
0: I think people just get old, dude. Yeah, it's like you see people like being very, very political now, and right. they've been very angry for four years. And it's like, I I meet some people, and they've just chilled out. It's like, yeah, you can't be this mad forever. Yeah, you know. You yeah, can't you can't, you know, you can't just go through life being just mad that someone's a president for the rest of your fucking life.
2: Yeah. Well, I think it also. I mean, with with that thing specifically, I think it really does wean out people who. I think there's there's people who have genuine causes and it relates to them specifically. And there are people who do virtue signal. Yeah. And I think the people who virtue signal, you know, even if they do believe it, you know, I should, virtue signal's too, I think, too strong because some of them do believe it. But then the day they go, uh, i'm tired of this yeah. and the people the people who never drop it are the people who have actually been affected by it right and even then some of them drop it too because dude it's like you do have to kind of like if you were directly affected by something it does relive you have to kind of relive the trauma to fight it yeah and that that can fucking destroy you from the inside out
0: dude it's so funny uh, Kurt Mesker who you need to have on this podcast I would
2: love to have him on this he, yeah
0: me and him really bonded when I started producing his podcast just because of the ex-church stuff and I told him and he totally related to this I was like dude all I've wanted to do my whole life was leave the church and every like everything is church like political people it's, it's like you can't say this word you can't say this and you can't do that or you'll go to blah blah or you're, you're nuts or whatever it's like you, you know what's funny too dude is he really resonated with this is like I was like, you know, our family told us that if we left the church, we go to hell, and they're kind of right. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, look where we are, look where we are, dude. <laughs> fucking, it's pretty you funny. Know what I mean, actually, I actually I had fucking yeah. open mics with uh, with people uh, who are on the who are barely hanging on. Yeah, as is a good way to put it. Yeah, barely hanging on. Yeah, you know
2: yeah I mean that's actually one of the questions uh, one I, I always get I'm always interested in, like if you have a church and you fully believe in it, you have a very strong structure, a moral code, what you can do, what you can't do and a lot of it you can't live up to it,
0: but you still know what's right and wrong. and then when you destroy that structure, how much of that structure stays up? Well, that's what you realize is that you you realize you actually once that disappears, you don't have a value system. Yeah, because all of your rules were things that you. There's really four big ones uh, in the church I was raised in. Other than like I wasn't allowed to dance. I would go to middle school dances and I, girls would ask me to dance. I'm like, oh, I'm Church of Christ, so I'm not allowed to dance. It's, right, um, it's sinful. And they'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, like parents would make fun of me at middle school dances. Well, you know, Ben. That's <laughs> so funny. Ben, he's getting... not Baptist. He's Church of Christ, so he can't dance. And I'd be like, uh, yeah, this guy goes the to the Church of Footloose. And you don't know yeah. (laughs) um like the four big ones is like is like it's like don't swear don't drink don't smoke and don't fuck yeah that's pretty much it so that structure once that structure is gone is you're like okay so what do i do right you know what i mean um but then but then you start to realize like like one of the reasons i left the church too is like one of the first big things is it was like uh and I can sum it up now, in a way I couldn't then. But I was like, if a group or organization serves to exclude or oppress a group of people, then it is evil. Yeah. And that was one of my things where, where they always say, uh, "Hate the sin, but love the sinner," which uh, it didn't make sense to me because like certain people weren't allowed to be at the church. really I mean, they were, but they're not. They, they they're were, not like the yeah. we didn't like gay people. Yeah, And that didn't, like, even with my upbringing, dude, it didn't make any sense to me because I always had this inherent thing in me where I just wanted to, like, even though I was kind of like a sociopathic, like, teen in terms of, like, people that were close to me just because I was so, like, closed off and shit right? I was dealing with so much, I still had this thing in me of, like, I love everybody, I want to help everybody, I want to be Christ-like, and that was always something, like, even from a young age, like, I hate when people kill bugs, I hate when people kill animals. I hate like Like really strong Like don't I was vegetarian my whole youth Yeah You get it dude It's like you I hate when people kill bugs I hate when people kill spiders It's like just let it out It didn't do anything to
2: you Yeah um, but ants are the only ones I, I don't give a fuck about. Yeah, fuck ants. Ants and roaches, but besides that, yeah, I I, I still feel, dude. Every time, just just to go on with your point, whenever I yeah. kill a bug that was in our house, I, I do a I do a Buddhist prayer after every time because I felt guilty. Yeah, yeah, it's you uh, get it. I completely get
0: it. So I always just had that in me, and it was like, I was like, but I don't hate. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with gay people like yeah make any like it just from i always had this like childlike innocence which i still have which is kind of not good for navigating the adult world and i have to keep a check on it right but there's this naivety to me and uh but i mean it's, it's just so funny like i forgot what i was saying um shit what was i saying
2: you're talking about uh, the moral structure kind of cr- crumbling and having a childlike right. naivety. Yeah. And- so
0: that was like kind of my first like around like 18 or 19. I started having those thoughts like it just didn't make it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It didn't it didn't make any sense to me that certain people were living a certain way. But they could, st- I was like, but they can still be Christ like. Like, they can still love everybody. They can still care about everybody. They can do great things for the community. You they can have, stand up for truth. Yeah.
2: They have all the characteristics of what we're supposed to be, but they have nothing to do with this church.
0: But they don't have sex with a vagina. Yeah. And so that was the thing I couldn't, I couldn't like wrap my head around. I really didn't understand it.
2: Yeah. You know what's funny is, uh, uh, and there's been all sorts of different churches here, but I'd say the, you know, number one thing that these people, that I think has been in common, both the conversations on and off the podcast, when it comes to religion, going, "What the fuck is was the gay rights thing?" Yeah, like so many churches and were so churches publicly have bent their ideology now, yeah, absolutely. But so many churches, like I think our generation, especially, so many churches made very clear because of the whole Prop A thing and and so many other things that were happening. Like they we got even louder about gay is wrong, and so many people like our age went.
0: Why? They right. It
2: doesn't make any sense.
0: Dude, the churches in my hometown, they're like going under Cause because they won't bend. Cuz people well no cuz people are dying. Oh, because people yeah. are dying, the kids aren't going to church. They right. don't give a shit. They don't yeah. have this ideology. I go back to my hometown, dude, these massive churches are like they're empty, they're closed down. Yeah. I don't know what they'll be. But there was a church on every corner and it's like as the older people die, it's like these places, I don't know what they'll just become fucking laser tag Yeah. places, you know? Yeah, porn shops. <laughs> yeah, a the, laser tag. The, porn the, shop, the, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Laser
2: a laser tag porn shop would be pretty, yeah. pretty. Uh, you have
0: to put on a fake ass, yeah. with a sensor <laughs> on it, and you, your dildo is just shooting a, a laser at yeah. the fake ass.
2: <laughs> that actually, I'm not even kidding. That kind of sounds fun. That kind of sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> is porn laser tag? Yeah, but this yeah, fucking
0: great, actually.
2: What's that? We should open that up. We should, dude. If we do that in like. Silver Lake, I think it would kill. <laughs> yeah, it would. It sounds like the exact kind of thing where like it needs to be really dumb, but also really sexual, and people will flock. <laughs> yeah. We have some sort of weird fry that doesn't taste good. People are gonna call it artisan. Yeah. It will, yeah, yeah, man. Um, I, so I mean, I guess, I guess, like the the last question before we wrap up is how, like, you know, we were talking about that structure and shit, but like, how much have have you like, how much have you kept in terms of the values that the church instilled? How much have you been, have you gone like objectively, this is something that I want to keep, or things that maybe even you don't want to keep, but they still affect you? And how did you go about finding your value system after you left? Because I think that's one of the hardest parts for people is figuring out, like, all right, I'm not believing what I've been told my whole life. What the fuck do I actually believe?
0: So. That's the thing is like I was, I was a performer throughout high school Where like the cheerleaders would come to me Before the pep rally And they're like oh the person that was supposed to do the speech Can't can you do it And I would like come up with a sketch And I would perform for like 300 people Yeah, And just like really funny Like I would make sketches and stuff And I didn't even know I wanted to be a stand up but then I did stand-up. I like the talent show for like 300 people. And I did like clean, like Brian Regan style, like comedy. Right. And it went really well, even though I was nervous as shit. Um, and I was like, oh, that's the thing I want to do. I want to like... T- how, how old were you for this? 16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't even know open mics existed. And I didn't even know you could like move to LA. Like it didn't right. occur to me that... Yeah, that it, this, that, this is a thing. Right, exactly. Um, so I always had this like... Like that's when I started like definitely coming into my own Is I would like make one sketch a week with my friend And we would shoot it and, and cut it up And you know edit it on Windows Movie Maker or whatever And put it on YouTube And and uh, I did I did stand up and, and I would perform at the pep rallies And do these big skits and these big sketches And I would be It was just so much fun It was yeah. so much goddamn f- Like for the first time in my life I had fun I never had fun Right And so I think that sort of guide, like once everything left, once the church left, I didn't have that. I sort of gravitated more towards like I I really have to do like I want to experience joy. Right. It's like that. uh, I think Joseph Campbell has that quote where like college students would ask him what should they do with their life, and he would just say follow your bliss. Yeah. And I became like kind of a Joseph Campbell guy, like after leaving the church. Um, not, I mean I didn't become a Joseph Campbell guy but I read him and that quote kind of stuck with me like you have to just keep you have to go where the sun is shining basically right now the sun isn't shining with stand up in the city but I have I've moved elsewhere yeah you have a with different other stuff and I've had way more success yeah Um. so I think un- unfortunately comedy was the thing after yeah after the church that sort of guided me to to coming here and whatnot and you the other question you asked me was what was what was my uh i what, mean what was the first part of the question how like, much what, how what much you I kept yeah yeah what, what i've kept is only the bad thing which is i have this i have this deep 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 critical uh perspective of myself and like this massive like self-hatred yeah um that like I really have to keep in check. I really have to keep in check. I have. I go through bad episodes for sure. As you, of as, course. Well, you you know, you understand more than you understand more than me. <laughs> but like I, I mean, I definitely like like I have like disassociative episodes and stuff. <clears throat> Sorry, I've been sick for like. No, a you're fine. Days. Um, I just have I just have weird crazy thoughts sometimes. I'm dude, I'm twisted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have twisted thoughts. But no, I have like fucked up like really violent like bad thoughts, you know. Yeah. And
2: not ones that you want to act on, but they just get stuck in your head.
0: Right, right, yeah. and it's it's nothing I want to share with anybody, but no, like Sure. Yeah, but, yeah
2: no, I'm but, not going to.
0: But like I've definitely like had like 6 months ago, I just stared at a knife in my kitchen for 15 minutes for like no reason. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. Just stuff like that. Like uh, I've, uh, um, that, 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 that self. Oh, and this is what I was going to, I was going to wrap it up with this. Cause I told you before I told you I had that dream. I was going to bring it back yeah, to, to something that happened when we walked into yeah. this apartment. So when I walked up, you were, you're smoking outside with, uh, my uh, roommate, with Jor- your roommate. Jordan. Yeah. And she's, you guys were yeah. drinking coffee. Yeah. And you're dressed, you're wearing gym shorts and, uh, and sandals and the whole thing. Right. Outside this building, I immediately had deja vu walking into this building um, with you standing there with her smoking cigarettes and putting out your cigarette. I was, like, I was like, I think I've, have I, and I started getting in my head that I've like lived this experience before. Uh-huh. Um, I go so far, I'm so retarded, dude. I'm so retarded that after I watched that uh, Westworld, I started freaking out for a week, thinking that I might be a robot, right? Or someone I know might be a robot. Like, dude, I'm retarded. I'm retarded. My, I can. My imagination can really run away with me. No, I've got a
2: crazy imagination. I, I completely get. Can I predict where you're going with the putting out of cigarettes? Was that a dream you had? No. So no? Okay,
0: okay. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. So you're right. So then we come up here, and I I went to the bathroom. We talked for a little bit, and then we started recording. Right before we started recording, your roommate came around and poured you a cup of coffee out of that uh, out of that coffee pour. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And she asked me if I want a coffee. Uh huh. And right when she was looking at me, I realized that this is a dream. This is like almost an exact dream I had. I'm almost positive. Uh huh. And here's what happens in the dream. Is that I'm at your place. This is the podcast that gets you canceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Sorry, I do want, I genuinely want to hear the end of this. Yeah.
0: That in my dream, I know for some reason that the coffee is poisoned. Uh-huh. And that you're trying to poison me and kill me. Uh-huh. And that I'm supposed to say no to drinking the coffee. And okay. that's why I, w- I said no to the coffee even though I kind of wanted some, I was like, oh, I should just kind of stay in the dream that I had. Uh-huh. So I just said no to the coffee. Even though I was like 100% sure that you didn't poison the coffee, I was just like, it just kept me, it was like, no, just don't have the coffee. Interesting, just, just interesting. Really weird, right?
2: That is that is weird. I don't know, well, I mean, I am poison the
1: coffee.
0: No, I know
2: Jordan. Jordan is not the poison kind of gal. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Nothing. Look, it would be so funny if I died from drinking this coffee. I wouldn't even be mad about it. Like that would be pretty crazy. But I mean, that is interesting. I've also, you know,
0: uh, I don't know if you've subscribed to like. Like, I'm starting to think like I'm almost in a simulation. Sometimes life is starting to feel like a video game. Now that I've been sober for 18 months, I'm starting to like see the falling rain in the Matrix, and I'm starting. Things are just starting to look differently. To me. I
2: mean, I had to, I did when I was when I was most like going in and out of psychosis. That was a hard thing for me to shake. Of course, my brain took it too. Because a lot of people think that now. Yeah. I've, I've tried to make this a bit the amount of things I predicted that people will start to believe that I believed first, but was crazy about it. So I had to go to hospitals and now people are now scientists are basically like, yeah, we could be in a simulation. Like right. I said the same fucking thing and you guys right. put me on Seroquel, right. you dickwads. Right. Like Philip, I, Philip. Dick. I
0: predicted your brother made the same yeah. comparison yeah, because dude. you're basically a Philip. I think it's like being tapped into something. I really, yeah. do think, I think you're <laughs> tapped into a different timeline where Philip, Philip Dick, like he would have like these, these, these dreams, and he would write the stories about the dreams, and then he would later experience them to the T. Right. Very, very interesting. No,
2: very I interesting that that that's so funny because I don't. When Jace made the same comparison, he didn't know this. I've experienced that. I've. I think Keith is. He's so tired of hearing of dreams that I've had that have come true. <laughs>
0: so you have the, you have this too or you have yes of yeah but of course i don't i didn't get poisoned so it's, no it's you, always like you different
2: did, right right yeah well and maybe maybe it was a, you know i don't know maybe maybe next time i'll poison you <laughs> you'll poison me on the yeah, podcast yeah I'll, I'll bring you back just to
0: that's part two yeah
2: part part two we killed ben yeah.
0: yeah but the only thing i can really wrap up with is like oh this is what i wanted to say like this is what has been really was really hard about me forming my value system. Is I always had like a concrete value system that eventually I was experiencing so much cognitive dissonance while still in church, while I was become and I was becoming like an actual adult. Yeah, and I couldn't. I couldn't be in the church anymore. Right. Right. So, God, I, there's so many th- thoughts that I'm having. Hold on. I'm sorry. No, uh, it's also oh, so, it's an overwhelming topic to yeah, talk about. Yeah. So I just started. Dude as soon as I left the church I like within like six months I discovered booze Right And booze was a thing That socially lubed me up That allowed me to make friends in college Which are some of my dearest friends now Another
2: thing we have in common Yeah So
0: then dude For probably six years I was I'm, I'm not kidding with you I was drunk every single night It's all I give a shit about Yeah And so I went from Leaving the church and it's like okay now you left the church now form your value system and then I just became a drunk yeah I just became a drunk who thought he was a piece of shit who should just be at bars telling dick jokes yeah because you're a bottom of the barrel person in society you were and this punishing you yourself exactly yeah um, and now I'm starting to see that creatively I can do so much more than just like tell jokes and everything and it's, it's also not yeah. my strong suit yeah my strong suit isn't uh you know is. And also, there's not a real way, if I'm living in LA, to cultivate being a stand-up anyway. Right. Um and I'm not willing to sacrifice that amount of time to become great at stand-up because I want to have a family as soon as possible. Yeah. So I'm trying to find other means to... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you want
2: to be a part of it without giving up your entire life for it because you want to give... You want to provide a normal life for your family. Yeah. Which I think is a really healthy person decision to make.
0: Yeah. I mean... I mean, the rest of it's a nightmare, but that's a healthy...
2: And that's something I didn't realize
0: until I stopped drinking. So now that I'm... I feel like I just became a person at 25. Yeah. 20 or twenty six when I got sober. Yeah, like I'm fine. Like holy shit, I'm finally starting to become a person. So everything I'm kind of telling you, I'm still like kind of figuring You're out still, all my shit. Yeah, because the dude, the the you know the booze is like holy shit. Talk about arrested development use yeah. it up every night you will never reinvent your you will never reinvent yourself you'll net you'll never move on to the next phase that you're supposed to move on to yeah
2: no i i and it's, it's a I, dharma blocker yeah no there, it, it, is. it is it is well, a dharma blocker well i don't in you know we we do have like overlaps and kind of the journey we went in, and this one's a little bit for me i think i got really into booze because i have a lot of uh i have a lot of head trauma And I talk, I I talk poorly, you know, I really have to focus on the words or I just start jumbling them on the way out. Yeah.
0: And like when you're reading out loud or just when you're thinking, with thinking,
2: you know, uh, uh, and I've worked on it a lot over the years, but I also, I was homeschooled till sixth grade. And then when I first went to school, I was much more like I was way behind in some areas like math terrible still am never passed algebra a high school dropout but like in terms of Man, reading is just so boring it's so boring but reading and what i could read and what i could articulate i was way ahead and everyone thought i was a fucking pretentious dick Cause I was a sixth grader yeah. bringing up shit. They're like, we don't need to know about this. We don't need this for the yeah. great. So
0: everyone kind of hated me. You're just like the uncle John's bathroom reader of a person.
2: <laughs> just, I don't know who that is
0: just spewing out facts and random. Yeah, shit, yeah, No, absolutely. Like a Guinness book of world records of a person. Right. Like, and so what did I, you know, in 1973, bro, <laughs> I the first train was derailed and before then a train was, or whatever. Yeah.
2: So what I started doing was
0: like, please shut the fuck up, Tom.
2: Yeah. And then around <laughs> in high school, I was like, everyone hates me. <laughs> Well, it's, and so, what it, I started doing no one actually likes a smart person. No, no, they don't. So, what I started doing is I started doing my impression of a happy person, and just that's how the mean exactly boys that was about. my impression of a happy yeah. person like the mean. I don't Dude, I don't think you were
0: talking about at the beginning of yep, the podcast yep, is Full like we, circle I've definitely like for weeks at a time I've tried out being a different person yeah And I'll just pick someone out of a movie I'm like I'll just try to be them I think yeah. Like a guy like
2: that. yeah yeah but that was that was I was Which just a crazy thing to I think. was just like that. all right the happy people they say dumb yeah. things and they don't really understand yeah. shit so I'm just gonna do that yeah. whenever I don't understand a pop reference and I'm like yeah. Dah, why you know like and I just leaned into it and after a certain point you stop going like for me it got to the point where like wait wait, wait. I, I just started like I, I would try to stop and i i couldn't stop doing it and yeah. it, it, it was like i was watching myself be an idiot to, for That's other so people funny. it was like almost like i could i couldn't turn it off yeah because people liked it people thought it was hilarious well, dude, here's the
0: funny thing i invented i wrote a fable for my life i'm like what if my life was a fable what would it be called uh uh-huh. this applies to you too the fable the fable is called uh the boy who loved jokes so much he became one yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's
0: that's <laughs> there you, you just, go yeah you know i mean you just became the joke because you just love jokes
2: yeah no i love i love you know and it's also like there are parts of my life that kind of like led to like I was on serious... Like, and that was also the other part for me is because I was on such heavy meds, I couldn't maintain a consistent... Like, one week Tom is fucking ranting about... Whatever the fuck it right. is that we don't understand, he's breaking down a book that we l- looked up on Cliff Notes, right. and the next week he's drooling and can't talk because <laughs> he's on Seroquel. Yeah, we throw ourselves
0: into something, we get obsessed with it.
2: Yeah, and it was just an easy thing to maintain. It, the term
0: is like a monomaniac I think. I don't know. Which is supposedly, what like Gatsby was in the in the book. I always think about that. Uh huh. He just became obsessed with one thing and it right. drove him crazy.
2: Yeah, I need to. I'm terrified to figure out. What well, what all these things have led What personality disorder All my other
0: fucking mental issues Have led me to have I, I think it's like Tom I think it's like A replacement for work I think like work Like steady work on something On a project I yeah. think it just focuses us And I think yeah. We need to be focused Or we go to a bad place Yeah And so I think That's why we throw ourselves Into something From time to time Yeah For you know, months on end
2: Yeah No this is Yeah No I completely get that One one last One last question And then we gotta We gotta We gotta wrap up um, For anyone who's In the Church of Christ Right now Who is thinking about leaving Who stumbles onto this podcast Lock the doors And light the
0: place on fire <laughs> look full, up a guy full statement roof okay <laughs> okay <laughs> you're gonna want to copy this guy's plan <laughs> go on 8chan post a manifesto then you're gonna go to the church <laughs> well
2: fuck dude thank no, you so mean, oh yeah yeah. Sorry. i mean
0: uh someone who's in the church of christ what should they do if well, they're
2: thinking about leaving and they're listing this episode
0: um if they're thinking about leaving they want to I'll, I'll tell you this it um it's not like uh I always talk about moving to like Alaska or something, and Jace is like, Jace goes, you know, in the front of Jace is always so smart, and so <laughs> he has these little philosophical quips and stuff. He's like, on the you know, on the sign of every city that you go into, it should say, uh, "In this city, you are also," meaning that uh, you know, you take your problems from city to city, and you know, you can't you can't leave all this baggage behind and stuff. So I want you to know, like, if you do leave, it's not like. It's not like things immediately get better, but you just have to put yourself, you have to surround yourself with people and put yourself in a position to, to get better. Yeah. And I, like I plan on continually, like I can't recognize my life from a year and a half ago. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. Cause I, I'll get bored. I'll go crazy. Right. So you have to keep you have to keep like improve so if you are in the church and you're like no i can keep reinventing myself and and becoming a different you probably becoming a better person becoming a better person exactly if you can do that in the church then then do it um but uh probably i would i mean don't let it stop you being in the church yeah yeah, don't let it's like dude you're you're like you're 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 if you're dude i thought i would at some point, and that's why I brought up that engagement story, like my, my dad not giving a shit about the yeah. of my wedding. I thought if I did things that I would get his approval. And that's why I stayed in the church the whole time. And now I'm finding out that no matter what I did with my life, I would never get his approval. Yeah. So if, you, if you're staying in it for someone else or if you're living a life for somebody else, you just have to stop. Yeah. You just got to stop.
2: I think that's, um, I, yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think that applies to so many different things not just not just family and church but relationships uh you know work relationship like like that really it's it, all the same shit yeah anytime you are sacrificing your happiness or your values for somebody else you're you're fucking yourself
0: yeah yeah it's like a slow i always think about that uh you know john wooden the the basketball coach at ucla he yes had, yeah he had this interesting my thing. special ed teacher played for him oh really yeah how about that? Yeah. Your special ed teacher. That's yep. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, what? <laughs> I, for, I forgot about that, though. You had the brain injury and stuff. Yeah. Well, no, that was, that was, I was t- uh, fucking so in and out of mental hospitals. That's, it's so funny because you're like actually one of like the brightest guys I know. I think
2: you're very intelligent, too. And I think you played dumb a bunch. That's why I was excited <laughs> that you come on here. <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> I think being genuine is this. And I think I, maybe I've, I think I've done like, I think i did a little bit more exploration on it maybe before you got to it but i think like it's terrifying to just show like your true you like who you actually are right right and that's fucking that's
0: just that's a scary that's really scary it's so funny like society is so backwards now that i I, because like a guy that is collecting like 12 of the same car but in a different color to me is more mentally ill than you Going in and out of a hospital You know what I mean like well, yeah, I should have a special ed Teacher not Tom Goss <laughs> Tom Goss has something to give to society
2: Well it's it's interesting cause it's like it's, it's always a struggle I have You know in the comedy scene And my own past is like Besides My family No one really will ever Understand how bad that shit got Right you know what I mean right. Like I was very like I was, I was definitely unstable. Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I I think that's a compliment, and I agree. I don't know why you'd have twelve, <laughs> like yeah. I those people to me that like it. I feel sorry for those people. That's like
0: true mental illness, right? I think These you know what it standing is. Standing outside sneaker shops for like fourteen hours camping <laughs> out to get a a five hundred dollar pair of shoes. It's, I will. I will, like, Psychopaths. Well, right? I, I like never. I never Ill
2: I don't. I've never understand getting joy from things. <laughs> right. I've I've never understood. It's actually my 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 girlfriend was like, "Look, being dependent on joy from things, that's that's yeah, that is a kind of like mental illness. Yeah. But also not experiencing any joy from things is all. It's a it's a problem on the other end. Yeah. And so I've actually I went, <laughs> I went I I made I went out of my way to actually buy things in this new place that like, not joy, but just. Some sort of, like, baby egg of it. Yeah. And I I got a mattress. I bought myself a mattress. I, I've been sleeping on the same mattress since junior high school. Yeah. Uh, I got colored sheets that I enjoyed. Yeah. And I got a, 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 a lamp and a candle. And the candle almost broke me because it was a scented candle. I've never in a million years thought I would buy a candle. Nice. And it like I'm still I still feel shame for buying a candle and it's just, it's a fuck it doesn't matter it's a fucking candle right that used right. to be that, that you know but like I think it is I think it is I mean now we're kind of just going on tangents but like yeah no I think it is like I agree I don't understand I don't understand liking something because fucking uh, sneaker McSneaker said it was great right. Right. Like a lot of that stuff is garbage, and we just like it because we're told so much of art is just what other people project onto it. Yeah. We open kind of talking about this too. People just kind of project whatever it is that they think you mean. Right. And so I think like some of those, like, Fancy art pieces I mean you see it in modern art all the time but there was that Banksy documentary where sometimes it does have meaning and sometimes you just fucking throw shit in a, you know, mm-hmm. a piece of paper and everyone just assumes it means something right valuable. And that's really another sign to do what you love and what brings you happiness because no one else is really gonna get
0: it. <laughs> no, they're not. No, oh yeah, and that's, that brings me back to the John Wooden thing. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, before we got on the special ed teacher. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, a lot sneakers. of tangents
2: there, yeah. Um, Towards the end of every episode, I now go on some weird tangent that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, so I apologize. Um,
0: yeah, so John Wooden would, when he would get a player, he actually wouldn't start training them on the court he would go into the locker room, and he would teach them how to put on their socks correctly, so they wouldn't get blisters when they played. And then he would teach them how to tie their shoes correctly, so they wouldn't roll their ankle. And he would teach them how to like, like put everything on and like tr- trim their nails and everything. Like that's where he s- he started. Yeah. And I now forget why I brought this up, but I think I was <laughs> trying to, I think I was trying to relate this to, oh yeah, I was trying to relate this to someone trying to leave the Church of Christ, which was the yeah. final question which is that um if you are being slightly dishonest with yourself in any way that is the slow like people think like people think like people just wake up one day and all of a sudden they're a mediocre person who just like works at a bank and doesn't have anyone in their life and doesn't have any will to live and it's like mediocrity is like a slow slide it's like every day you inch you take a like a centimeter toward being a mediocre person. Right. You don't just wake up and you're mediocre. Right. And so I always think about that John Wooden thing is like, if I'm not like putting my socks on correctly, i.e., you know, if I'm like being slightly dishonest at any point in my, at any, within any place of my life, emotionally or anything, then that's when everything goes to shit. Yeah. So if you're stuck in that situation in the church and you feel like you are living a dishonest life, just know like, you know, it's you're gonna uh, get blisters you're, you're gonna get blisters and it's like this is this is like you're like oh well i'll, I'll give them an inch i won't give them a mile no, right you'll give them an inch every fucking day until you get to a mile and then you'll be a broken person you'll have to rebuild everything yeah so
2: well man this was this was great thank you so much for coming on man this was uh yeah thanks tom yeah yeah no it's uh it's great you know uh
0: it was great it was great to talk about this stuff where can the people find you um well, I, if you I, want them, I to. have a dummy Twitter account just for if the industry is ever looking at anything, uh-huh. which, but I don't, I just retweet David Hogg from that account. I don't even know who that is. David Hogg is the uh, Parkland shooter uh, <laughs> guy. No, he's the, no, not the shooter. The guy who survived the Parkland shooting. Okay. Sorry, sorry. No, no, that's Nicholas Day Cruz, who, which I do follow him uh-huh. for a couple of things. You,
2: you, you, drop, you drop shooters the way most comics drop, hang out with famous comedians. <laughs>
0: Yeah, man so um, me yeah, and Dylan Roof are hanging out at the comedy store patio sorry, yeah my ideal I would love to be like the Mindhunter guys did you see that TV show no Mindhunter was about those guys in the FBI who ended up meeting all the serial killers and interviewing them I'd uh-huh. like to do that but with like all the school shooters uh-huh. so it'd be interesting but no David Hogg is like the woke liberal guy who's like all about uh, he, he tweets it dear mr president how could you say you love this country if you allow children to die so i just retweet that guy from a dummy twitter account uh-huh. that i have a lot of followers on but i don't um now that i'm uh having more success out here i don't want anyone in the industry to know the kind of jokes i make or who i really am well good thing you haven't done a bunch of podcasts They're, where you're making they don't jokes. think through this shit sure, I I mean, sure. shit on anybody i don't think through sure this stuff. Um, You'd have to be huge. You'd have to get like SNL for someone like a Seth Simons to dig through something. Yeah. But also, I don't think they dig through stuff unless it's video. I don't think people dig through audio. Yeah. So I think you're kind of safe to say whatever you want. I have a pretty funny
2: thing that I want to say off air about that too. Okay. Yeah.
0: But uh, but the Twitter account I have now, which is my alt account, which doesn't have my name on it, where I tweet jokes from is at Morpheus quotes. Okay. Morpheus from the Matrix. So it's at Morpheus quotes. You can DM me on there. I tweet funny stuff from there. Where I'm safe Where Uh where I'm safe And I can have my fun Anonymously on Twitter And troll flat earthers And and tweet about Jeffrey Epstein And whatever the fuck You you guys are into And then (laughs) listen to uh, Brain Jail Which is the podcast I do with jace and kevin
2: yeah who have both been on this show and they Very both funny guys. yeah
0: you guys are three church th- guys yeah.
2: yeah three for three on on good episodes uh of this show from uh brain jail and i
0: yeah and thanks for listening to brain jail too tom yeah no that.
2: i've i've listened to it i think i here, here's what i'll say and i'm going to be honest because i i know i know uh former like people who came and found this for mean boys some of you will love that show and so they go harder sometimes than mean boys did in some areas and some of you just remember they're doing bits you know what i mean but they're 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 funny guys they're oh, do you great think guys try to, like
0: cancel us or something what's that do you think they'll try to cancel us or something i don't
2: think they'll try to cancel you. I'll, I'll i'll explain i'll explain after the show but i think i think most most of the mean boys listeners would really enjoy okay. enjoy brain jail uh, especially the ones that don't listen to this show. <laughs> 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 but if you're, I know a lot of me Boys listeners are trying to find a new comedy podcast to dig into and you should, you should give it a shot.
0: Um I'm really happy. We, we've never had a conversation this long. No, and no.
2: I, I all was, of our conversations have been super yeah. brief. I always felt like you didn't like me a little bit. No, what, what, you know, What's funny. Everyone, everyone, like I have so many friends who have told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, um, Yeah, that seems to be a reoccurring thing, and you know what it is is I assume everyone hates me. Oh, really? Yeah, and so did you
0: think I hated you?
2: Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've that's that's been my own journey is learning that like it's kind of in my head, and unless there is a specific reason that I think people somewhat like if someone does something like then i can think that but if so, you never did anything i just assumed no neither of us
0: did anything i had
2: one i had one yeah I've, my uh, first
0: impression of you i loved you were at flappers and i was in the back and you were talking about swinging a big sledgehammer on stage oh oh and you, and you were there for that. and you had just improvised. <laughs> i was like well, that was hilarious you're like yeah i just improvised that like because i just yeah improvised. that happens yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I was like, jesus this guy's brilliant i i I love oh thanks
1: community.
2: man yeah yeah no I never I've never I I. you know I've worked on so many people have told me that that I'm like very close friends with now you know like inner and outer circle not just like friendly acquaintances that they thought that I hated them when we yeah. first started that I've realized that I need to chill out a little bit yeah and uh, you know what is also a side effect of is is actually giving a shit whether or not people like you or dislike you because now i'm acting different because of something i'm presuming of other people right but i've never had any no i've never had any negative feelings
0: well you know what it is too man is you just have to be careful being around comics because you've had so many negative experiences being around these full-blown psychopaths and people that will like yeah talk you find out they're talking massive shit about you behind your back or like they're they said something to somebody you're like i never said that like what is going on why does this person hate me no i'm
2: now in the phase where people will tell me when people have talked shit on me but they won't tell me who yeah which infuriates me uh because i i i really do try to be dice but i think i do come off rougher around the edges than i think i do that well, i
0: actually feel i think you intimidate a lot of people who are comics because most comics i know that are successful are not funny people uh-huh and that doesn't mean they can't be good comics and i think you're the real guy you're like a real comic i, think I am because i'm unsuccessful that's exactly well no because it's like the like like we've like it, it's funny dude there's some people out there that are so just like rich characters like you uh-huh where it's like you're somebody that like john c Riley would play in a movie <laughs> but you i love that <laughs> but like but like you don't get to play that character it's like no they they got john c Riley who's wearing a fucking fedora walking around santa monica right now because he's playing with his band somewhere right tonight you know what I mean? Like that's the that's the guy who gets to play you, but yeah. you never get to play you. And it's like, what the fuck? This guy's so talented and such a character. I appreciate uh, that, man. So I think that intimidates a lot of people to see like a real like a real actual comic. Yeah. Well I, I mean that's whatever a, that means.
2: Yeah, I don't I, I don't even know what that means. And I you know
1: because uh, well, you know a
0: lot of these people are playing a character. A lot of the popular people that you see, it's I, anyone listening, guys, it's anyone you think is friends with somebody or thinks you, they're this type of character. So much it's of it's fake. political. It's fake. Yeah, It's fake. It's a fake character. They're not even friends with each other. It's all fake. But here's the thing. I kind of realized. I was like, who cares if it's like the Federal Reserve is fake? Yeah. <laughs> Money fake. is technically fake who right now. Yeah, gives
1: Let them. It's, it's a character. Let's all have fun. It, you know? Let's have fun. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. But I just don't buy into uh, comics anymore and like thinking – They're who they are You know Because it's just It's just fake Yeah So it's nice to meet Someone like you Who's just like you're on stage off stage is pretty much the same
2: yeah well thank on, you on I'm,
0: podcasts, on podcasts, i
2: podcast off podcast same i i really appreciate that man um and yeah no people people should go check out ad ad Ben on twitter follow give a listen to his podcast i think most of you will really really enjoy it uh and all of them are really good people and really funny guys and i also love i love the, the the what are the what are the things that you guys have chosen to do on the show is you guys go out of your way to make the most horrible jokes possible yep. and then just talk about how bad you feel about making the jokes afterwards.
0: This is the time we're living in. Yeah, you know? but
2: that's but it's it's hilarious cuz I've said things on podcasts where afterwards I'm like Ah, fuck. I don't want to ask to cut that out, but I don't want anyone to think I I was being genuine. So I love that you guys, you guys, you guys will, no joke is off limits. Well, we want to, but then you go, yeah, I feel like a fucking horrible person, right? You guys talk about the guilt
0: and shame that comedians don't usually talk about. I know. Well, it's another element of that is like, you know, we want to have an outlet for being funny and be funny the way we are behind closed doors. And we do that on the podcast. Um, Like above all else, we just, we have an impulse to be funny. Yeah. It's just in us. We can't not be funny. Yeah. We'll die inside. But on the, on, on the other hand, I would like a writing job like Connor and Keith have. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's also like, you also feel bad because you're like, oh, is this going to fuck me out of ever uh, having health insurance? Right. You know what I mean?
2: You know? Yeah. And I think, I think that's what a lot of people, I think that's LA more than anywhere else. People think about that. And I've kind of decided, like, look, I'm not going to – I didn't – The last episode I recorded w- with Tamar, he said a thing that I fucking it, – it made me, like, excited Yeah. about not having health insurance and about this lifestyle. He, he said uh, – he, he goes, to me, neckties look a lot like leashes. And I go, you know what? it made me feel really no, good right. about not having this, a job
0: we, we got into <laughs> this to not have a job ultimately yeah
2: we got this to do something that that a lot of people would love to do yeah but for one reason either they can't in their head or they can't financially or whatever yeah. reason it is they can't take that risk and i'm gonna enjoy every second of it until i fucking you know just have to You know Die from Loaning my body To science Or however the fuck right. It's gonna end You <laughs> right. know But I'm really happy To be here I'm really happy We're able to do this man Thank you so much dude Thanks Tom Yeah yes, dude